official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Um, we're going to start a new summer preaching series, uh, and we're going to call the name of this series Rooted. You may or may not know this, but the scriptures were written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And nearly all of the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Uh, the New Testament was written in Greek, and there's about 260 plus verses in your Bible that w- was written in Aramaic. And while our English translators did a fantastic job taking these three languages and translating them into English for us, sometimes our English translations fall short in communicating all the nuance and the depth of certain Hebrew and Greek words. Let me just give you an example. Uh, The ancient Greeks, they had four primary ways to describe love. Four primary words for love. We have one word for love. Love. So you you and I, we say things like this. I love God, and I also love to relax and watch Netflix. I love ice cream, but I also love my family. And so we have one word to describe, but the ancient Greeks had four ways to describe love. They, they would say agape or phileo or eros or storge. And each of these Greek words communicated a specific kind of love. And so there's more nuance, there's more depth, there's more kind of understanding behind those words. And so what we're going to do is throughout the summer, we're going to pick one Hebrew or Greek word from scripture, and we're going to dig down a little bit to investigate that word, its roots, and kind of unearth its full meaning. And we promise not to nerd out on you. Well, I can't speak, I can't speak for Ian about nerding out because he loves the Greek and Hebrew root words. Abby and I, will, we will not nerd out on you. We, 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 what we want to do with this series is just accomplish a place where we can dig a little bit deeper into Scripture and find some, some fuller meaning and depth that God wants to communicate to us, right? And so every week we'll, we'll be looking at one word. And I want to start off by looking at a word that comes from a really well-known verse. In Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, there's a phrase there that says this, be still and know that I am God. Have you ever heard that verse before? We've probably quoted that verse, prayed that verse, right? Be still and know that I am God. Well, the Hebrew word for be still in Psalm 46.10, is the word Rapha. Can you say that with me? Rapha. See, now you speak Hebrew. You can tell people that you speak Hebrew. Rapha, be still and know that I am God. The word Rapha is used 46 times in the Old Testament. And, And here's the meaning in the picture. Hebrew is what's called a picture language. And so one word has a whole image or picture associated with it. It's really unique language. And the word Rafa has this picture. It means to, to let your hands relax and drop to your side. 
So here, here's Rafa. Here's Rafa. Rafa is relaxing your hands and letting them drop to your side. Be still and know that I am God. Relax your hands. Let them drop to your side and know that I am God. And so the word Rafa in the Old Testament is oftentimes used to communicate this idea of letting go, letting alone, refraining, uh, disarming, slowing your roll, right? It's just, it's just relaxing your arms. It's taking the posture. Here's what Rafa is really about. It's taking the posture of a calm confidence in God. So when we read, be still and know that I am God in Psalm 46.10, it's saying, Rapha, take a posture of calm confidence in God. Let your hands relax and drop down to your side to know that he is God. Let me ask you this question. Was there a time during your week last week where you experienced anxiety, stress, conflict, agitation, turmoil. If I, I think that I could ask that question at any of our 52 weeks in the year, and the answer would be the same, right? Yeah, oh, there was a moment or two or three or 243 that happened this week when I felt agitated, frustrated, uh, conflict, turmoil, tension. See, that's, that's a sign, that's evidence to us that we need more Rafa in our lives, have you guys ever heard of something called fight or flight response? It, it's an acute stress response. And I have a picture I want to show you of what it looks like when we have this acute stress response. Fight or flight response is this physiological reaction that occurs when we perceive danger, a threat, uh, trouble, anxiety, stress something that we're worried about or fearful. And what happens is, is it causes our bodies to react a certain way. There's a sudden release of hormones that activate our nervous system. We get a rush of adrenaline and our heart rate increases, our, our muscles tighten, our pupils dilate. Sometimes we sweat, right? Uh, other times our, our breathing increases and becomes rapid. Have you guys ever experienced this in your physical body before? It happens to us sometimes when we get nervous, right? If you feel vulnerable or exposed or ill-equipped or uncertain about something, then you have this physiological thing that happens, this acute stress response that, that we call fight or flight. I read an article this week about a person who had a speaking engagement, and in she was so feeling exposed and nervous and anxious about it that she actually considered fainting on her way up to speak, like faking fainting, right? That's fight or flight response. Like there's, there's some uncertainty, there's some stress, there's some uneasiness, there's some nerves. And, and so everything inside us, what happens is our body takes on this physiological thing to prepare us to either run away or to fight, right? And you've felt that before, most likely, where you start to feel anxious and, uh, oh my gosh, like your, your heart is pumping, the blood's flowing. That's, that's your body's way of preparing you. That's your physiological reaction. And fight or flight response can be really helpful when it's functioning appropriately, 
when it's functioning well. Um, it prepares us to respond in danger. But when it's malfunctioning or it's happening too frequently for us, it, it can wear us down, right? Studies show it takes about 20 minutes just to kind of decompress from a, a fight or flight response. And so if we're not careful, you and I, we can end up in this constant state of high alert. And that's why practicing Rafa is so helpful. Because Rafa can feel physiologically counterintuitive. See, when, when we come into a stressful situation or we're in turmoil or we're in conflict or we're agitated or we're frustrated, we, 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 we get tense. Right? Do you see, notice the picture, his hands are like up on his head. A lot of times we don't quite go to that extent, but in, inside we're like that. But our, our hands are up here. And, and, and what Rafa tells us, what Rafa is, when, when the psalmist in Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God, Rafa, it, it's almost counterintuitive, but it means this, relax your hands, drop them to your side, and know that I am God. Have you guys ever known someone who did that well? Who, who just practiced Rafa? It, they have a calm disposition about them. They're really difficult to rattle. There's something emotionally steady and healthy and whole about them. Interestingly enough, Rafa comes from the same Hebrew root word as doctor. And so there's a healing dynamic that happens when we rafa, when we relax our hands and drop them to our side in the midst of turmoil, stress, and conflict. Something happens because it allows us then to become more aware of God's presence. See, rather than to go into fight or flight, it allows us to become more aware of God's presence with us. And there's something healing, there's something wholesome about that. There's something that um, uh, rejuvenates us. And I have to tell you this, that we have a number of folks in our church community who practice Rafa really well. Folks in our church community who have experienced stressful, overwhelming, and even scary situations, but were able to be still and just take on this calm posture of trusting in God. I think of folks like Tom Kessler, who for years went through nerve and back pain, like really severe. And I had to learn just even how to manage it. There was one point where, where Tom lost use of his voice. His voice just kind of, the vocal cords just weren't working. And so he, if, if he didn't talk to you on a Sunday, he, he's not stuck up. He, he just couldn't talk. And, and Tom, is, his occupation is a teacher. So you can imagine it'd be pretty scary if you started to lose your voice and your occupation now is, is at risk, right? There's other people in our church. Karen Newman, she's not here this morning. She'll be here next week because she's preaching next Sunday. But she's battling stage four cancer. But there is a Rafa about her. Like she's in the middle of battling cancer, but there's something when you see Karen, and, and you will next, next week when she comes, comes here to preach, it's like her hands, she's battling cancer. But her hands are also relaxed down by her side. There's this calm confidence in God, right? People like Mike Menard, who after 13 and a half years lost his job, 
And he says, now what am I going to do? I guess I'll go back to school and retool. But just be patiently waiting, confidently just calm in, in God and his plan. There's other people, I, I don't have permission to tell stories, but there's folks like Beth Ann Reinhardt, Lisa Black, Luke Tallman, Chad and Valerie Brosso, Adam Kelsch, people who've, who've gone through seasons that are extremely stressful, but have practiced Rafa. You know, Jesus did Rafa really well. In fact, his last words, when he was hanging on the cross, he said, into your hands I commit my spirit. If you could say that when you're dying, you've practiced Rafa. There's another time Jesus did it. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus is about to go to the cross, and him and his disciples are there, and he's asking them to pray with him, but they're falling asleep, and he is praying. And he's so overwhelmed. There's so much stress, actually, that it says that he sweats drop of blood. The physiological reaction that he has. I've been stressed before, but I've never sweat blood of you. Like, that's a whole new level of stress because he's not only thinking about the pain and turmoil and torment of the cross, he's thinking about taking on the sin of the entire world on himself. And and he's overwhelmed. He's sweating drops of blood. And then he prays this prayer. He says, Father, not my will be done, but yours. What did he do when he prayed that? He went like this. Like this is overwhelming. What I'm facing right now is overwhelming. God, let this cup pass from me. It's too, it, it's, it's too much. But not my will be done. He didn't run away. He didn't get combative. He just went like this. Right? See, I want to be around people who know how to Rafa because I need to learn how to Rafa. People who are close to me, they know this. I get overwhelmed pretty easily. Any of you guys get overwhelmed pretty easily? Is it just your pastor? <laughs> I get overwhelmed pretty easily. Uh, you can ask my wife and kids. They, they see the most of it. But on occasions, when I do practice Rafa, when I find that place where I can just be still and not get combative, not run away from something, but just re- relax my arms down my side and be still, And I become aware of God's presence in a way that I'm not able to do otherwise. Here's what you'll find when you read Psalm 46. And I just want to encourage you to read Psalm 46 this week. What you'll find when you read Psalm 46 is the context for the entire chapter is all about trouble, agitation, earthquakes, war, turmoil. It's really a song about feeling overwhelmed. When you read Psalm 46, what you're going to find is like, oh yeah, this is a song about feeling overwhelmed. Because that's when you need Rafa the most, right? The psalmist, the whoever, whoever wrote Psalm number 46 knew this, that when you and I face strife, instability, trouble, our nature is to do one of two things. Our natural inclination is to do one of two things, to either run away from it or to get ornery and combative, Right? Have you ever noticed when people get, get stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, they usually do one of two things. They get really ornery, short with you, or they just run away from the problem, right? 
But Psalm 46.10 encourages and exhorts us to do this, to rafa, to become more aware of God's presence by relaxing our hands, letting them fall to our sides. Let's read a few verses from Psalm 46. Psalm 46, verse 1, starts out by saying this, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. What a great reminder, right? That, if that doesn't help you, Rafa, right? Nothing will. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters foam and the mountains quake with her surging. I get stressed out just reading that, don't you? It's a good thing that verse 1 is there. Verse 9 says this. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. See, when, we, when we're able to be still, when we're able to rafa and take on a posture of calm confidence in God, we no longer feel the need to jump into the fray. Because God becomes our vindicator and our defender. I mean, I think our world would be much better off if we all just learned how to rafa more. Right? I mean, just look at the turmoil in the world. And, and a, lot of it, a lot of it is it, we're, either, we're either going into a brawl or we're running away. What would the world look like if we could rafa and just become aware of God's presence and just be still? Just to take our... our, our our clenched, tensed hands and just relax them and drop them down to our side. I think it'd be a completely different, different world. What would, what would your future week look like if you rafa'd? If you practiced rafa? And make no mistake about it, it's something you have to practice. Rafa is something you practice because it's not a natural inclination. But what about this week? Think about your week ahead and think of all the stress you have at work. Think about the relational tensions in, in, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your, in your family. And what, what, this is a crazy thought, but what if you took some time this week, throughout your week, just to rafa, to be still? Just to let your hands relax and drop by your side and be still and become aware of God's presence. I bet your week would look different. Well, Today is, is Pentecost Sunday, and as Ian shared, Pentecost is a day where we celebrate and we commemorate when the Holy Spirit descended on the early church. We read about it in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, here's the setting. Uh, Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He appears to his followers for 40 days, and then he tells his disciples, wait until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you and empowers you. So he tells them to wait, and then he, he ascends to heaven, and they don't see him anymore. And so the, the, the day between, the time period between Jesus' ascension to heaven and the day of Pentecost that we read in Acts chapter 2, that time period was filled with immense uncertainty and uneasiness, stress, right? Because a lot of these followers of Jesus, they'd given up everything to follow him. They'd left careers, they'd left family, they spent three to three and a half years following him, and now he's no longer with them physically. 
right? He ascends to heaven. And now they have to figure out, how do I follow Jesus when I can't physically see him here in front of me? They never had to do that. Not only were they dealing with that unnerving thought, but the religious authorities were, were, were trying to squelch Jesus in his revolution. And so they were fearful that the religious authorities were going to hunt them down and do the same thing to them as they did to Jesus. That could be a little stressful. Yeah, a little, a little anxiety that comes from that. But one day, they're all gathered together in an upper room because Jesus told them, wait until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you and empowers you. So they're in this upper room and they're praying and they're practicing Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Don't run. Don't be combative. Be still. And they're in this upper room together. They take on the posture of calm confidence in God, practicing Psalm 46.10. And you know what happens? You already know what happens because Ian, Ian told you. The Holy Spirit descended on them. And this art piece that the, the girls made kind of reflects of that because what happens is they say the sound of a rushing wind came in to the room. And a big pillar of fire entered in the room. I love all that red kind of, kind of artwork that represents fire. And the, in the pillar of fire, all these little cloven tongues of fire broke off and it rested over each person there. And it says that they were filled with the Spirit. And what happened at Pentecost is they started praising and worshiping God in other languages. And because it was the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Weeks was a special time. So if you were Jewish and you lived abroad or in other parts of the world, they would travel back to Jerusalem for the Feast of Weeks. And, and so there were these people in this room, they're, they're praising God in other languages. And the people who are coming from other countries say, whoa, they're, they're praising and worshiping God in my tongue, but they're uneducated. What's happening here? And then Peter stands up and he delivers a sermon explaining what, what has happened. And 3,000 people are added to the church in that one day. Here's what I can't help notice but Pentecost. Pentecost unfolded when Jesus' followers were practicing how to rafa. When they went like from this to this. And here's the question I'll pose us this morning. If we want to be filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit, we, we need to learn how to rafa. Right? We need to learn instead of, how to, instead of running away from whatever it is we're facing, instead of being combative and duking it out, to take our, our clenched fists and, and relax our hands and drop them to our side and become aware of God's presence and say, yeah, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Empower me. Right? I want to share something I'm learning, and then we'll close. I'm learning that in the, the times of my life when I feel most overwhelmed, it's really important for me to find a place to be still and know that he's God. It, I, I'm going to guarantee that if you're not stressed out now, and it, by the end of the month, you probably will be stressed out about something. <laughs> There'll be some conflict, some tension, some uneasiness, some uncertainty that will, that will be heavy on your heart. And, and I want you to remember this Hebrew word, Rafa. 
Because instead of uh, pushing you to a place where you're combative and ornery or you're running away from trying to run away and escape your problems through all the different means and ways that we run away from our problems, you're going to be able to step into a place and be like, oh yeah, I know what this is. This is like, it's a physiological response of a fight or flight, but it's happening in my soul. And the psalmist reminded me to, to be still and to know that he is God. So I'm going to be still. I'm going to rafa. I'm going to re- relax my hands, let them drop to my side in an effort to become aware of God's presence. I wonder if we could practice Rafa as a church for just a week or two and see, see what that's like. I love that the scripture gives us all kinds of spiritual practices that help us become more aware of God's presence. Because sometimes we, we easily miss God in his presence. He's everywhere. He's all around us. He's here right now. But, but we're so busy doing our things right, that we, we, we don't, don't notice his presence. And sometimes the scripture gives us spiritual practices and rhythms like this where it reminds us, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I need to, I need to practice that. And so I want to encourage you to do that. One way that you can do that is, is you may not have noticed, but at the close of every worship time on Sunday morning, we have a few folks down here to the front, and they wear these lanyards, and it says prayer team on them. And those are folks who um, would love to pray with you and for you, and that is a great opportunity to Rafa. Because chances are, you know, you had a stressful week, you had a full week, you got a, a ton on your plate, and you come to, to a church service, and, and you start to breathe for the first time in your week. But, but you just need to be able to come to a place where you can go like th- from this to this. And what I love about our post-prayer opportunity is this just allows you to come up and get prayer and be like, hey, here's what I need prayer for. Or here's what, I don't even know what I want prayer for. I just want, I don't want a Rafa and I don't know what I need to do. And it allows you to, 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 to go from a posture like this to a posture like this, right? And have other people lift, lift, up, lift you up in prayer and carry your burdens to the Lord. It's an awesome opportunity. And so, Please take advantage of that. But can I pray for us to close our time? We'll, have, we'll sing one more worship song together to close. God, I, I confess that it's, it's really hard to be still and know that you are God because, well, we have control issues. I know I do. And we want to either fix things or run away from them. So I thank you for this, the words of the psalmist, this Psalm 46, this song about feeling overwhelmed and, and how you exhort your people to Rafa, to be still, to take on a posture of calm confidence in you. But Lord, we confess that's just really hard, especially in the day and time we live when there's this tension and conflict and, and it, we're just surrounded by it. Kind of like Psalm 46 where the mountains are shaking into the sea and the seas are foaming and roaring. That kind of feels like our world and and our lives. So Lord, would you help us practice this so that we could become more aware of your presence in our lives? So we could hear your voice more clearly. Lord, we, we are completely dependent on you. and We're so grateful for Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled the room and filled your people, the church. And Lord, we're so thankful you still do that, that the Holy Spirit still fills and empowers us. But Lord, get us in the upper room where we can rafa, where we can rest. 
Lord, it's your work ultimately in us that accomplishes um, your will for our lives. And so we invite you to speak to us and to move among us in our hearts. God, I pray for all my friends who are in a place of extreme stress and, over, and feeling overwhelmed this morning. God, that they would walk out of here with new breath in their lungs. There would be a peace, a rest, a rafa that they are practicing today that will give them hope, that will be a light for them at the end of the tunnel because your spirit is filling them and moving in them. We ask all these things in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. 